I have another story for you today at B1 level. It's a story that I thought of some time ago now, but I've just recently written it down for B1 level English students. It's a story about nature, the beach, the sea, the sand, the wind. It's called The Winds of Bologna, and it's set on a Greek island in the Mediterranean. The language we've got there that I'm going to explain to you, first of all, will be language about the island, about the beach and the, the sea. And there's also language as well to do with studying, education. So, here we go. Hello and welcome to Practicing English. My name is Mike Bilber and these are podcasts for students of English at B1 or B2 levels. And if you are a B1 level student trying to reach B2 level, then I recommend my book, The Tudor Conspiracy. Come over to practicingenglish.com and you'll see a picture of the front cover. Click on that and it will take you to the page where you can buy the book. So, as I promised then, I'll start off with just a few expressions and I suggest you listen to these expressions in the story and try to identify them. That's a good listening task for you. So, the expressions to talk about the island, this Greek island in the Mediterranean, are the following. First of all, we have the word to flow, F-L-O-W. Now, flowing can be in water, just moving along with the water, or also with the wind, as the wind blows and it takes something with it, well, then that thing floats or flows along the wind. There's um, another word here which is terrific, which is a bit of a false friend perhaps in other languages. Here, terrific means very powerful. And the expression is a terrific wind. So, terrific wind means a very strong, powerful wind. And on this beach, we have dunes, which is not a B1 word, but I need it in there for my story. Dune, spelled D-U-N-E, which is a small hill of sand. And then I have cool water, that word in English which means cold, but we use it in the context of when it's hot, the cold is something refreshing, something we like, and we call that cool, cool, C-O-O-L. And I've got the word sparkling. Now, at B1, usually when we talk about sparkling water, we're talking about water that we drink, which has bubbles in it or gas. But here, I'm going to talk about sparkling water, um, referring to seawater, as it's moved about. It uh, gives it this sort of bubbly effect, sparkling water. 
And in the story, the waves, that's the, uh, the hills of water, if you like, in the sea, are very large, very big, and they crash onto the beach. Now, again, crash in B1 is usually used like a car, for example, crashing into a tree, an accident. But in this context, a wave crashing on the beach means it hits the beach very hard. Now, the other words to listen out for are useful words for education. For example, we have to prepare for an entry exam. E-N-T-R-Y, entry exam, which means a special exam that we have to take if we go to university, for example. And if we pass that exam, P-A-S-S, well, then we get into the university. If we fail, F-A-I-L, that means we are unsuccessful, we do not pass, well, then, unfortunately, we won't get a place at the university. So we talk about getting a place at a university. And other language in the story to listen out for, which is connected to the subject of education, is to score a mark. So, for example, if you score a 10, that means you get a 10 in your test or exam. Score, S-C-O-R-E. And a mark, we say, is the number that we use to refer to how much you got in the exam. So a mark could be 10 out of 10. That's a perfect mark, isn't it? 10 out of 10, we say. And lastly, there's the word a grant. And a grant is money that um, a business or company or the government will give you so that you can go and study something at university. A grant spelt G-R-A-N-T. So please listen out for those words as we go through the story. So I'm going to start now. The Winds of Baloney Animos was on the beach again, and the sun was strong on her dark skin. But the wind blew hard, as it often did on the island of Bologna. So there were no other people around. The sand blown by the terrific wind could hurt your skin, the skin on your legs. It was so painful that the tourists preferred to stay in their hotel and swim in the pool. And even the local people stayed away. However, Animos wasn't alone as she ran across the pure white sand, her long black hair flowing in the wind. The wind spirits were with her. She could see them running by her side, jumping, flying, turning in the air over the dunes, wild and free. Animos breathed in the warm air as she ran, the mad waves falling heavily on the beach, her feet wet in the cool, sparkling water. 
her legs hard and strong. Time to go, Animos, said a voice behind her. Animos didn't look round. She didn't need to, and anyway she found it difficult to turn her head. Her back didn't allow her to. Have you had fun watching the sea? asked her nanny. Look at your hair. It's all blown about by this wind. I don't know why you like to sit out here. You should come inside with me and have a coffee. It was the same routine every weekday for Animos. Eva, her nanny, pushed her home from school in the wheelchair. Animos always asked to stay on the promenade for a while and watch the sea. So Eva arranged to meet a friend of hers on those days in a cafeteria on the seafront and they had a coffee together and chatted. I love to look out to sea, said Animos. It's so beautiful. If only I could walk and run on that beach. Don't think about those things, Eva said, as she pulled the blanket up over the young girl's legs. You know that will never be possible. You should think yourself lucky. You have this nice wheelchair and your parents could pay for somebody to look after you. Animos didn't reply. Instead, as Eva pulled the wheelchair back, Animos looked at the space on the sandy grass ahead of her and imagined her wheelchair lying there on its side, empty, one wheel slowly turning. Animos looked forward to that short time every day when her nanny left her on the seafront. She used to close her eyes because by feeling the sun on her face and the wind in her hair, it was enough to imagine herself running at full speed across the enormous white beach. She could imagine herself joined by the wind spirits and Animos used to jump high in the air as they did and fly even. There were no limits to what her body could do in her imagination. School was another escape for Animos. On the one hand, she didn't have many friends there, but not because of the student's attitude towards a girl in a wheelchair. Animos was nearly always depressed. She couldn't accept the wheelchair, so her sadness turned away friendship. But Animos had a bright and clever mind. She loved learning, especially about literature, because the stories had characters, heroes and heroines, who, like Animos, wanted to be free. There was something about the seaside town where Animos lived that she didn't like. It was obviously beautiful. That's why so many tourists came nearly all year round to stay there. 
a white waterfall of little houses that drop down from the mountain to the sea's edge. Bologna, a tiny Greek island, shiny and bright in the clear blue of the Mediterranean Sea. Its harbour was full of coloured fishing boats and pleasure boats of all sizes, and around it there were souvenir shops, cafes, restaurants and bars, which were very lively during the summer months. The weather was mild in winter, and in summer the hot sun shone down and warmed the water for swimming. If there was one thing that people complained about, it was the wind. But nowhere is perfect. Despite its beauty, the island of Bologna was too small for Animos. There was just one town on the island, and few roads, few places for her to go in a wheelchair. The house where she lived was in the lowest part of the town, and she rarely went to the higher parts, up the steep, narrow streets. The access was just too difficult. For Animos, the island where she had spent all her childhood was like a cage. It prevented her from moving. It kept her close to home. There was nowhere else to go. That's why Animos fixed her eyes on the sea whenever she could. She loved its huge size, the way it went on and on, as far as the eye could see, and further. That evening, after her nanny had gone home, Animos sat with her grandmother in their tiny house close to the bottom of the town. Her grandmother was knitting in an armchair by the fire, while Animos was reading a novel. She then looked up at her grandmother and watched her knitting a jumper. Just one of many she sold to the tourists in her shop in the main street. Fortunately, that wasn't the only money they earned. There was the money left to Animos and her grandmother by her parents when they died. Animos had no memories of that terrible event. Her parents were driving a car on those dangerous roads that crossed the mountainous island of Crete, a summer holiday. Animos, just two years old, was sitting in the child seat in the back of the car. They were driving too fast, perhaps, or something went wrong with the car. It went off the road and fell down and down. It was amazing how the child managed to live, the rescuers said. Her parents, unfortunately, didn't. But when they got the child to the hospital in Hanya, the doctors found her little back was broken. She would live, but she would never walk again. The new teacher started teaching in our school today, said Animos, breaking the silence between them. Her grandmother didn't look up from her knitting, but she smiled in the warm colours of the fire. Oh, yes, I forgot to ask you, 
In the town, people say they don't trust her. That's because she's not a local, of course. You know how people talk. What do you think of her? I really like her, answered Animos. She's nice. She's much younger than Miss Eliopoulos. She has so much energy. She's so cheerful. And she has a wonderful sense of humour. Her grandmother stopped her knitting and lifted her head to look at her granddaughter. Yes, well, Maya was over sixty. It was time she retired. She's a nice lady, but very traditional and a bit old-fashioned. The new teacher's name is Ophelia, Animos continued. She spoke to me today about the essays I wrote for Miss Eliopoulos. She said I write very well and have some very clear and original ideas. She said she wants to apply for a grant for me so I can go to the University of Athens. Her grandmother suddenly looked worried. But Animos, my love, your wheelchair... Have you forgotten you're in a wheelchair? Oh, grandmother, said Animos, laughing. It doesn't matter if I'm in a wheelchair. There is access to everywhere these days. Ophelia says I wouldn't be the only undergraduate in a wheelchair. Her grandmother looked down into the fireplace. She had only lived on this island, and she knew no other life. Well, I suppose it would be nice for you. You're a smart girl. You need something more than what this island can offer you. She looked at her knitting. I can't see you knitting jumpers for tourists. There's just one thing I need to do first, though, said Animos. I'll have to pass a university exam. To be accepted. Surely, you won't find that difficult," said her grandmother. "You learn things so quickly. Preparing for the entry exam is two years' study," said Animos. "I just have three months before I sit the exam, but I'll try." That spring. Animos, with the help of her new teacher, studied as hard as she could. Each night she stayed up late with her books. Then she had to get up early to continue studying the following day. There was so much to learn to prepare for the exam. Animos couldn't allow herself any free time. One day in the month of June. Animos took the ferry to Athens, where she sat the entry exam at the university. There were a lot of other candidates there, all of them hopeful that they would pass and get a place at the university. The exam was hard, but Animos managed to complete all of it. Two nights later, she returned to the island. It was all over. Now she just had to wait for the results.
At long last, towards the end of the summer holiday, a yellow envelope was put through the letterbox. Animos found it by the front door and picked it up. But she didn't open it. Her grandmother and the nanny had seen the envelope too, but said nothing. Then, while the three of them were having breakfast, Animos slowly opened the yellow envelope and took out the contents. Her grandmother and the nanny waited in silence, too nervous to say anything. Animos then put the piece of paper down on the table. She didn't smile. I failed, she said quietly. I needed a seven to pass, and I got a six point five. Her grandmother had already planned what she was going to say in case this happened. That's an excellent mark, Animos. You did really well. You scored a six point five. That's nearly a pass, and you only have three months to study. I'm sure you'll pass next year. But Animos remained quiet, although calm, and said nothing. She looked very disappointed. Could you take me out, Nanny? She then said. I'd like to be by the sea. The nanny said nothing as she pushed Animos in the wheelchair. There was just the sound of the waves and seagulls calling as they were thrown about in the wind. It was one of those days when the wind blew so hard, the tourists stayed in their hotel swimming pools. Could you? Leave me in the same place as always, Nanny, so I can look out to sea. I'd like to be alone," said Animos. "Yes, of course," said the nanny. "But are you sure you'll be all right by yourself?" "Yes, yes, of course," said Animos. "Please, Nanny, let me be alone for a while." Although she didn't want to. The nanny left Animos and went to the cafe on the other side of the road to have a coffee. It was half an hour before the nanny returned. As she crossed the road, she saw something terrible. The wheelchair was lying there on its side, empty, one wheel slowly turning. Animos, Animos! Cried the nanny. Where are you? She looked down at the sand, and couldn't believe her eyes. There were footprints going in the direction of the sea. No, please, no! She cried and ran onto the beach, following the footprints. But it was empty, except for huge, cruel waves that crashed into the white sand. Then she saw her behind a dune, lying on the sand. Animos, Animos, I'm all right," said the young girl, and she pushed herself up with her arms to a sitting position. 
How did you get here? said the nanny. The wheelchair. You could have injured yourself. Nanny, said Animos, and she was laughing now, her black hair falling back over her shoulders. Don't you see? I can't walk, nanny. I'll never walk. But look how far I ran. Imagine, nanny, if I could go that far without a wheelchair, how far could I go with a wheelchair? I'm going to be all right, nanny. I'll pass that exam. I'll get to university. Nothing is going to stop me. And Animos looked down the beach and saw how the wind spirits had gone. They'd gone because she didn't need them anymore. Now she was free. She looked across the sea and smiled. The world was waiting for her, and she was going out to meet it. And that's the end of the story. I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, goodbye for now.